Be authentic. Go off the beaten path. Define what success looks like for you. That all sounds awesome sauce, doesn't it? But what does working and living on your own terms actually look like in practice? If you've been wondering that too, then the Leading Rebels podcast is here to offer some answers. I launched the podcast over two years ago now when I became the head of marketing at a tech startup. And there were very few women in leadership there. So I had a lot of questions about what a female leader looked like. And a lot of my girlfriends and others reflected those questions back at me. So I decided to go out and get up some answers. Being a journalist and a storyteller, I decided to take you along for the ride. Since then, I left that job and went out on my own, co-founding Germany's very first community club and co-working space for women, co-women, and also helping others to get heard as a podcasting and marketing consultant. I deeply believe that everyone has something valuable to say. Yes, that includes you. I also noticed that a common theme throughout the first two seasons of the podcast was having the confidence in your authentic style, not just in leadership, but in work and in life, to actually be a rebel. (laughs) I know, who would have thought? That's why the podcast has now evolved right along with me. In this third season of the Leading Rebels podcast, you'll hear inspiring interviews, as you've become accustomed to, with women walking the talk. From fighting for diversity to working and traveling the world as a digital nomad, these badass ladies have broken free from doing what's expected of them and are following their inner compass. I don't want to spoil what's coming up too much, but believe me when I say these kick-ass rebels are dropping some big truth bombs. Here for yourself. I think a lot of people who ever dream of having you know, a small business or a side hustle, they would look at that as, oh my gosh, I got a huge first win. Let me go ahead and quit my job and let me make this work. Like this is huge momentum. Let's keep it going. Let's go all in. I ended up staying the course for nearly four plus years after that. If you can define what success looks for yourself and what really intrinsically motivates you, and if you're okay being on the journey and maybe not reaching the goal, the the high goal, but you enjoy the journey enough, I think that's a good recipe to, to being and staying sane. And I remember uh, for the first like couple of years, even getting messages like, uh, when, when are you coming back from your vacation? Like, no, no, this is actually not a vacation. You know, this is my life. This season, I'm also stepping up to the plate myself. I am passionate about amplifying women's voices, and I will share my actionable advice to help you find, own, and tell your story. And since storytelling is at the heart of all I do, I wanted to share a little bit more about the person behind the voice in this trailer. Hi, I'm Kat. Nice to meet you. I am a storyteller, founder, and book nerd. One key question I ask guests in the upcoming season is what rebel moves got them to where they are today? We often see people ahead of us um, or reaching a destination we want to be at and often wonder, well, how did they actually get there? So I'm hoping that I will be answering that question in this season. And I also wanted to share my answer. So my very first rebel move is deeply rooted in failure back then. I did not like failing. What do I mean with back then? Back then actually means when I was high school in the US and about to graduate. 
I was a nerd, not just a book nerd, but like an actual nerd. I cared about my grades. I cared about academics and I cared about getting to the university that I wanted to go to. And I settled on my dream university, which was St. Andrews in Scotland. (laughs) It's a very fancy university. That was my worst British accent or Scottish or whatever that was meant to be. Um, Yes, despite actually ending up studying in the UK, I didn't pick up a hint of an accent. (laughs) It was a big deal for me that I got accepted. But I got accepted on what is called a conditional offer. And that means you have to get a certain grades in your final exams to be able to actually go. Now, the thing is, you don't get your final grades until the summer after you graduate. So imagine me, I was at the top, you know, one of the best in my class. We had an awesome graduation party in Washington, D.C. I was like set to go to the stream university. I remember I even bought and wore tartar heels to embrace the Scottish spirit. I was all in. I was actually on vacation with my mom when the results of my final exams came in and realizing I'd missed the marks I needed to get by one point. I was devastated. I had all this plan of where I was going to go and what I was going to do. And in one minute, it like disappeared. I had the choice of reapplying. There's like a second wave where you can apply for UK universities if you don't end up actually making into uh, the university that you were supposed to go or wanted to go in the first round. So that was a pretty big moment in my life where I had to decide, okay, do I just, you know, I said I was going to university, let's just do it. Or what do I do? I actually decided to do two things. One, I did have the option that they allow you to retake, I think it's up to two exams um, the year after you graduate. So I decided, one, I was going to retake one of those exams that I got one point less in than I was supposed to. So that meant when I was thought I was done with school, I got to sit my butt down in the summer and study so I could retake the exam because my plan was that I was going to reapply the year after. Now, I couldn't and didn't want to not do anything for a year except study for that one exam. So I decided to do volunteering. And I randomly decided on volunteering in Luxembourg. I ended up interning in the communications department of Fair Trade. And that's when I actually discovered my passion for media. I was actually set to study business. Yes, I was going to study business at a very fancy university. (laughs) I think you can see that my path would have been very different, very likely, if I would have gone down that road. So during that year, one, I retook that exam. And yes, I did get that one extra point I needed. But I also realized I loved communication and I wanted to study media and the fancy university didn't have new modern courses (laughs) such as journalism and media. I know, bananas, right? So I had to decide if I was going to reapply to where I thought I was going to go with, you know, now my confirmed extra fancy point or if I wanted to go somewhere else. And I decided I want to pursue this passion of mine versus what was the safer, in quotation marks, maybe a more rational choice because it would have been more of a guaranteed future. So that was definitely my first real move and one that in the moment, I will be very honest, was stressful and uncertain and I was not happy about. 
in the beginning when my plans got derailed. But at the end of the day, I am so proud and so happy I did what I did. I proved to myself that I could go to where I was originally meant to go by retaking that exam so that it wasn't, I just thought it was too hard and didn't go, but it was an active choice on my side to decide to not to go. And that was what for me meant reshaping my story around that failure and making it a success. Now, my second moment, interesting enough, again, here, when things don't pan out. (laughs) After university, I did a short stint in Peru, and then I ended up doing work-study in New York, which meant I did some post-grad courses in international business. So, hey... (laughs) I did end up taking business, but mostly, to be honest, I did it because it included an internship and I loved it. I love New York. I love the team I was working with. Then my year started nearing its end and I'm German by password, which meant I couldn't just decide to stay. I had to be allowed to stay. I got very lucky that my company I was working for uh, decided to, they wanted to keep me and decided to apply to get a visa for myself. There was, of course, as is the case with paperwork, some time that needed to pass for everything to get approved and so on and submitted. So they sent me to their London office to work from there while everything got sorted for me to hopefully then come back to the US. Well, six months, seven months, eight months passed and the visa was rejected. And I have to be honest that my time in London was one of the hardest for me post-graduation. I'd left the team that I loved in New York. So I had a completely new team. And because I was working for them from London, that meant though I was observing US hours as much as I could, which meant coming into the London office very late and, uh, you know, leaving very late. So I was for the most part of the day on a different schedule than 99.9% of the people working there. So striking up relationships with them was difficult. There was also a very different vibe in the London office than there was in the New York office. And this was one of my first experiences of seeing the hierarchy in a place and seeing you know the people at the top and me actively saying, that's not what I want. And I don't want that position. I don't want to work my way up in quotation marks here. So when the fact came through that my visa got rejected, I was again (laughs) facing a choice because my company was willing to a year later try again with a different avenue. But it would have meant that I had to stay in the London office and continue doing that, (laughs) that schedule and that environment and everything for another year. And I also, to be honest, it's London is not one of the cities that speaks to me. Um, New York does, London doesn't, everybody has their things. And when I was faced with the decision of having to stay another year, for me, I just decided no. And I did something that for a lot of people sounds a little crazy. (laughs) I give up a well-paying corporate job. I decided to move to Berlin because I'd actually never lived in Germany as an adult and only for two years when I was um, 11. So I didn't have a ton of 
living in Germany experience, despite being half German, passport German, everything. And I decided to just move here and find a job. That was risky, <laughs> I'll be honest. There was actually a good transition period where I asked my company to work remotely from Germany first, and then I actually left, which, by the way, is a good tip for when you're trying to transition from things to rather than doing a hard cut, to find a softer way to go from A to B. So yeah, so that was definitely a rebel move. I moved here. I didn't, I had one friend actually back from high school that I knew and who had visited before, and hence I knew the city. And so I came here looked from scratch for a job, looked from scratch for an apartment, from scratch for friends and everything else, and it worked out. <laughs> so I can say that that was um, a decision that was, again, uncertain, and a lot of people did advise against, but I'm glad that I did it. Now, to wrap it up, my final rebel move was, I think most of you can probably guess this, but was leaving my job in Berlin to become a founder. As I mentioned, I started the podcast. That was the first step because as I, you know, I was trying to figure out women and leadership and my new position. And that's how I got into female networks in Berlin. And the podcast was one of the first things I truly did for myself completely. I'd been a freelancer before through university and after, so I knew what it was to work independently, but I had an experience creating something myself, and the podcast gave me a taste of that, and then I was addicted. So I fairly soon knew I wanted to go out on my own. So through the female networks, I met my co-founders, Hannah and Sarah, who are kick-ass ladies, and I, yes, I will get them on the podcast. And I decided, okay, let's do this. So I quit my job, and I decided to become officially a female founder. And I'll be honest, it's been a ride. It's not been super easy all the time, and I have had moments where I've considered going back to gainful employment. But at the end of the day... I'm actually going to say the main thing that keeps me on this path is growth. I know some people are like, huh? I thought you were going to say the flexibility and being your own boss. And true, it's all that. And it's also the fact that we are doing amazing work, empowering women and connecting them. And that's something I'm super passionate about. So clearly that helps. But through this journey, I have grown so much having to figure out how to be productive, how to be accountable to myself, how to set boundaries, how to work in team dynamics, how to, oh God, the list goes on. And I love that. I love that I can look back on the almost two years it's been now since I left and can see that I've grown so rapidly in that time that just does not happen for me when I'm employed. And that's different for everybody, but when I need to figure shit out, <laughs> excuse my French, then that's when I really invest in learning and taking courses and testing out what works for me, what doesn't, measuring if I'm being successful in what I do, and yeah, 
my growth, both personally and professionally, has been huge over over the time I've gone out on my own. So that for me has been the biggest gain and what also keeps me on this path. Aside from, of course, the other fact that I can see the impact of the work I do. And that just like lights me up. So there you go. Those are my three rebel moves that got me to where I am today. I hope you feel like we know each other a little bit more. I certainly feel like I laid my heart bare here for you to examine. (laughs) But this is to say, there are so many amazing conversations coming up in this next season. So make sure to subscribe now if that's possible on where you listen to podcasts so you don't miss the first episode of the new season when it hits on July 18th. You will be hearing also my voice a little bit more, so I hope you enjoyed that. (laughs) Oh, and if you'd like to get some daily dose of inspiration, make sure to grab the motivational wallpapers I created from some of the inspiring quotes Rebel Women have shared on the podcast. I really love having a visual reminder of what I'm going after, so they definitely fire me up, and I hope they do the same for you. You can head to leadingrebels.com slash resources to get your hands on them for free, of course. I hope you enjoyed this insight into my mind and journey, and I really look forward to sharing some amazing conversations and episodes where I get to share my actual advice with you on the upcoming season of the podcast. I'll see you then.